welcome back to the HR Grapevine podcast, the podcast series that takes an in-depth look at one of the most fascinating, important or divisive HR stories from over the last week. I'm Sophie Parrott, online editor at HR Grapevine, and each week I'll be joined by a different HR journalist as we explore the contemporary practice and most pressing debates in HR within a short podcast. So join me as we properly pick apart what it means to work in the people function. Today, I'm joined by Jade Burke, editor of My Great Vine. Welcome back to the podcast, Jade. Pleasure to have you again. Thank you for having me again. Good to be here. And for a very important topic, may I add. For many years, mental health has been deemed a taboo subject. Even today in the workplace, some employees are still afraid of vocalising their mental health challenges, potentially over fears that this could set them back in their careers or over fears of feeling judged by colleagues or bosses. And for that reason, some employees have felt inclined to hide mental health challenges from others. In fact, recent research from Helix Resilience found that three in 10 UK employees have concealed a mental health issue from employers, instead claiming that they are physically ill when phoning in sick. And this could cause a lot of problems for employers in terms of productivity, burnout and well-being, as well as for the individual itself. Elsewhere, a study from Oracle and Workplace Intelligence highlighted that the global coronavirus pandemic has exacerbated workplace mental health issues and has negatively impacted global workforces. For example, 70% of survey respondents have had more stress and anxiety at work than any previous year. And this could be for many reasons, such as job security, perhaps juggling work and childcare, and for many continuing to work from home, among other stresses and anxieties. This increased stress and anxiety has negatively impacted the mental health of 78% of the global workforce, with 38% saying that it has caused more stress, for 35% a lack of work-life balance, for 25% burnout, and 14% loneliness. And it seems that many employees are actually looking for greater levels of support from their employers. However, one thing that was particularly interesting from the study was that 68% of respondents said they would actually prefer to talk to a robot over their manager about workplace stress or anxiety, while 80% were open to the idea of having a robot as a counsellor or therapist. In fact, the research from Oracle and Workplace Intelligence found that 76% of people feel that their organisation should be doing more to protect the mental health of their workforce. Saturday the 10th of October marking World Mental Health Day this year, we are dedicating this week's episode to talking about supporting mental health during the pandemic. But even before the pandemic, this was still an area of HR's function high up on the agenda, wasn't it Jade? Yeah, most definitely. It it definitely tops those sorts of topics that HR leaders want to discuss, you know, when it comes to well-being, culture, all of those different things. And I think employees expect to see many things like that from their employer in regards to flexible working opportunities, ambitions to even make a difference to the world through sustainability efforts, for example, and of course, a positive company culture. But in addition to that, staff want to know that their mental well-being is being taken care of. Despite that, mental health charity Mind revealed prior COVID times that 56% of employers said that they would like to do more to improve staff well-being, but don't feel they have the right training or guidance to do so. And to me, that figure just seems quite shocking, as there are many business benefits, of course, to supporting employees' mental well-being. For example, during the pandemic, there were lots of issues that arise, such as productivity levels, heightened anxieties, those sorts of things. Also, for example, Public Health Matters recently highlighted the fact that 
preventative programmes provide good returns for the economy as a whole, with around £2.37 for every £1 spent on those initiatives. So it just goes to show how important and relevant it is to the business to actually support mental wellbeing. Not only that, but offering key support when staff feel stressed, anxious or even depressed can lead to improved productivity, morale and retention. And this is something that Emma Mamo, Head of Workplace Wellbeing at Mind, pointed to in Deloitte's Workplace Mental Health and Wellbeing 2017 report, as she said during that time. A mentally healthy workplace and increased employee engagement are interdependent. By looking after employees' mental wellbeing, staff morale and loyalty, innovation, productivity and profits will rise. And throughout the pandemic, mental health has also been greatly impacted as the majority of staff have been forced to work alone without their colleagues, which of course has led to an increase in burnout, while others have been placed on furlough, for example, and they may have suffered from anxiety and money worries over the potential future of their job. This is something that Karen Gagan, former HR director at Aston Martin Lagonda, also agrees with, indicating that support is more critical now during these uncertain times, such as the current coronavirus crisis. So before the podcast today, she told me, if you're happy at work and feel supported through tough times like COVID, you will automatically feel more invested in the company you work for and naturally feel a deep sense of belonging. However, she did also suggest that now HR leaders and employers are facing new challenges in terms of mental health as they try to navigate the way through this unprecedented period of time. And she explained The challenges that all businesses face is in how they can create effective mental health strategies that will be considered most effective by their employees to achieve these engagement levels. And I think it's worth just mentioning there that employee needs have probably changed throughout the pandemic. And this is probably going to warrant different levels of support in the future to actually meet those new needs. Yes, absolutely. As you say, as the impact of the coronavirus pandemic continues, more and more employees will be feeling stressed and anxious over furloughs, layoffs and those sorts of things. And that is exactly what was identified in a recent snapshot study that LinkedIn's Glint produced. So, for example, 56% of survey respondents felt less happy at work after seeing co-workers laid off or furloughed. And the stats did also demonstrate the impact that the ongoing crisis is having on employee wellbeing and mental health. And it's definitely important to consider the current level of support that is available to staff given that as Jade said staff needs have undoubtedly changed throughout the course of the pandemic. In a previous interview with HR Grapevine, Stephen Buck, who is the head of people science, Mia at Glint, explained that while overall happiness increased at the start of the pandemic as employers responded to shifting employee needs, what they are now seeing is employee happiness plateau or decline. And he said that the challenge for employers now is to help staff members re-energise. And this can be done by paying close attention to employee feedback and high quality comms. He told me, And as we begin to envision our post-corona workplaces, we should make trust and employee empowerment central to our thinking around the employee experience. It's only through a people-centric approach that your organisation and your people will thrive in today and tomorrow's uncertain times. So definitely some really insightful takeaways from Stephen there. Of course, you know, supporting mental health is crucial, but even more so in testing times such as the coronavirus pandemic. So with that in mind, we wanted to share some best practice tips for our listeners. Jay, do you want to kick us off with some of the tips that you found out? 
Yeah, definitely. And just to give a bit of background, it emerged this year that more than 11 million UK working adults have actually taken time off work for poor mental health, which is costing businesses around 40 million working days each year. That's according to research shared by not-for-profit healthcare provider Benedon Health. And that also found that 35% of UK employees took time off work due to poor mental health in 2019, with staff absent for up to two to five days on average. And uh, with these figures in mind, I wanted to find out some best practice tips when it comes to supporting staff members' mental well-being in the workplace. And of course, on a virtual basis as well now, with employees now working from home. And Karen shared with me that there are several reasons employees may be suffering, such as the threat of job loss, financial insecurity and a disconnection from teams due to working in isolation. Due to this, she suggested that HR teams should consider ultimate transparency to improve matters. So she actually told me people value transparency as it creates trust and they then feel a sense of loyalty and pride in their employers. Employees are more likely to contribute and be present in tough times as a result. Of course, pre-COVID, it was far easier for employers to potentially notice these signs when someone was struggling. However, in this new remote world, signs are not as easy to spot. And she believes that employers and HR leaders must perhaps rethink their strategies to meet the new needs of their workforce. And she actually explained to me, this means that employers are having to review their strategies and actions to find better fit solutions to both spot and support mental health demise in their remote world. Inevitably, this means connecting with staff in a very different way than before, and many are finding that an individualised and connected approach reaps most success. And so I think you've got some tips just on that as well to lead us on to. Yes, absolutely. Stephen from Glint also said to me that in order to support staff members throughout this stressful period, it's important that leaders recognise their potential to serve as a role model, as this can help to reduce the stigma associated with mental health challenges. And he finished off by saying to me, that might mean speaking openly about personal struggles, or it could be showing respect for work-life balance. Clearly, at the moment, creating a nurturing workplace culture that promotes a healthy lifestyle and working practices remains a top organisational priority. And I think those are definitely some great uh, key takeaways for our listeners there. Yes, I agree, Sophie. And I think it's with hope that these, perhaps these new adjustments, mental health will continue to be prioritised to ensure that staff are given that support they need to actually do their jobs well, which of course will ensure that the business also goes on to be a success as our um, statistics have shown. But unfortunately, that's all we've got time for today. HR Grapevine wouldn't exist without your continued readership and engagement with our content. Whether that's our daily newsletters, monthly magazines, webinars, live events or market leading research papers. So to find out more or just sign up to our daily content newsletters, which showcases solutions and best practice answers to all of your HR issues, please visit hrgrapevine.com. Hold up. 